0: You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer.
1: This is Ken Vellante with Something Rather Than Nothing podcast, and we have uh, artist uh, from Washington State, Paige Pettibon. I discovered her art uh, on Instagram and some coverage of her um, uh, her incredible, uh, deemed uh, activist art, but uh, images of solidarity amongst uh, Native Americans uh, uh, and, and African Americans. Uh, Paige Pettibon, I'm glad I discovered those images. I'm glad I discovered your art. Uh, welcome to Something Rather Than Nothing.
0: Thank you for having me, Ken. I'm happy to be here. I'm a fan of the podcast.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much. Um, you know, uh, one of the, one of the things that, that I really love in doing the podcast is getting to learn more about the act of creation and, and about, um, how the artists I, uh, profile create and what, what, what drives that Uh, a big question right at the beginning is when you were born, do you think you were an artist?
0: I do. I think that, um, but I don't think I'm unique in that way. Uh, I think a lot of, uh, people are born artists and as we grow up, we either stick with it or don't. I think my parents valued art in our household. Um, my sisters are also artists in their own right too. And my parents, I believe, believe are as well. And their parents, uh, my, uh, Maternal and paternal grandmas were uh, artists. So I think it was something that uh, was valued in my household and um, was facilitated. Therefore, I was able to um, develop it as I got older. Um, And I believe for me, it was uh, something I could do uh, with limited resources and on my own time as well you don't really need much to be an artist. You just need like a a pencil and a piece of paper or inspiration to, you know, hum a tune, right? And come up with like a song. So I think, um, you know, art's one of the most accessible uh, forms of uh, creation, you know, for for people, Uh, you know, yeah. So I I think I was an artist at, at birth and was nurtured as an artist, which is also really helpful.
1: Thanks, Paige. I, a follow-up question to that. I, I was really interested in your comments there about, um, you know, the accessibility of art, right? You can hum a tune, you need a pencil, and you can create things. Um, you and I know that, um, but is there something about, like, the art world or, like, how it seems to be this, like, super refined uh, kind of, like, palace and beautiful paintings like when people think about art that way it's a lot different than the accessibility um, that 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 you talk about you think that's a problem for for young artists to that they think art is something way up in the heavens
0: definitely I think I mean that's probably one of the biggest issues I've had to combat and probably will be one of my um lifelong work in in my in my art practice which is having art accessible for everybody um it's also a cognitive thing too right i think if you're in survival mode and you are looking for food or a job or a place to live shelter um, you won't have the mental capacity to make art which is unfortunate right uh, because it can be really good medicine for people. I know it's good medicine for me. And there was a period of time where it wasn't something that I practiced um, like I do now. And um, so my efforts, my I would say like my pra- my art practice is to make it accessible for like working class people and for youth and uh, and for elders, too. I think it's just really good medicine for everyone. And if I can facilitate that accessibility for people in creating or enjoying art, um, it could give good medicine to them. And they can have that, uh, be granted that, um, you know, in that world of art and be able to appreciate it. And um, it is an issue that, I, that I'm trying to break that barrier in my own way, I suppose, uh, listen to a lot of, uh, talks where, um, folks say it's, it is good to have art that's really, you know, fine and expensive, but also good to make art that is, um, affordable for everyday people. So I try to think about that, you know, it is okay to go big and beyond and, as grandiose as possible, but also think about people that um, you know—everyday uh, people, working-class people—and what art can do for them too.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I um, yeah I'm very much. Yeah, I'm I'm very much connected to those points. Um, you know, I grew up in the city and in, in, in Pawtucket, working-class, uh, Pawtucket, Rhode Island, uh, working-class uh, background, and um, you know, art's pretty foreign in that environment, you know, working class city kid, and, um, it's there, you know, I mean, our movies are there and things are around that are really art, but I don't quite see it that way or the availability, honestly, of art as medicine, which is a profound walking for me, walking in art as medicine are profound realizations I have achieved within the last couple of years and I'm 48. So I've achieved knowledge or connection to those, to that medicine um but of course when you're younger the environment really dictates a weather availability or access and I know a lot of I, I see some of the work that you've done and the way that you talk about your work as being more popular like kind of like popular art or accessible art and um uh and, and and I know you've done some I believe you've done some work in the schools as well.
0: Yeah, so I used to work at the tribal school here in Tacoma, Puyallup area. It's uh, called Chief Leshy Schools. I was a paraeducator there for a couple years, and um, I wanted to be – I wanted to step into the education system because, one, I like being a student now, but it wasn't always that way. Growing up, I thought I – Like, everybody thought I was stupid or something because I just didn't learn the way others did. And I needed to be, like, taken out for supplemental uh, reading classes or um, math classes. Um, I was a terrible speller. I um, wasn't great at math. And um, I think just, like, my the way I learn is very different than how the school systems are set up. And... It's changed some, but if we really... I mean, I I think the way it is now isn't perfect. There's so much more we need to do. And so that's another reason why I decided to become a paraeducator at Chief Lachey Schools, because I wanted to be involved in my community in a good way. But it was so hard. It was so difficult. Um, you know, our students... We're struggling with so many things that, um, our school wasn't able to, to help or guide or really, um, just be a strong, um, support system for our students through education, through mental health or, or anything. And there's big division. So it was really frustrating for me because I couldn't make as much, um, headway as I wanted to, but the way I was able to connect with students was through art and I was able to bring them outside of their world through art by having them be involved in what um, this art show called the Yahao, the Yahao show, which was at the King street station in Seattle, which turned into a whole new, I mean, it's just become its own thing now. I can't even describe the the reach it has. It's, it's a collective of indigenous artists of over 200 artists. Um, they work with libraries in um, different cities around Washington and um, they have digital workshops for folks. They just they just do everything for indigenous folks so that they can become successful artists, having them be visible in space like all types of spaces, and then also having workshops. Because being an artist is really a full-time job. Coming up with proposals, writing, uh, you know, writing artist statements and such. It's it's a lot of work, and luckily I have really strong support. Because I definitely would be overwhelmed and wouldn't be able to do what I can do if I didn't have such great support. But yeah. Um,
1: what was your question? <laughs> no, 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 I know we're just, we're just chatting. No, it was, it was just really just connecting back. I was asking about the public, you know, the, the, the working in a public school, you know, I, I, I actually represent, uh, para, paraeducators, education support professionals and a lot of them. So I'm very like, uh, connected to the work that's done there, but I'm also very connected to both the hopes and the problems of K to 12 public education in the United States of America. Um, I know it, you know, and, um, so, and thank, yeah. And thanks for, for your comments on that. Um, uh, so Paige, um, I wanted to delve a little bit more into, um, the, the aspect of the collective. I know that, um, some of the, some of the art images, uh, that you've had, and you've done some work with a, a collective around bringing the awareness to Um, solidarity amongst people about uh uh, voting about important uh public and political matters in this in this country right now what about that collective and what that project uh that that you're working on
0: so the Yahoo show has many um there's a there's a few curators asia tale is has was the first person I met and she's the curator. I believe it was her idea to come up with the Yahoo show. And then um, she has uh, Tracy Rector um, who is a producer. She's in film. And then there's Seth Priet Kalan who is another artist and a very strong advocate for um, artists getting paid. Both all of them are really strong advocates for artists getting paid and I think their support for um, to reach out to Indigenous artists and be like, "This is your worth, and this is these are the tools we can help you, and we're going to we think you would be good for this project." So um, they they have such a big pool of artists that they try to reach out to and they try to grow it. Um, Mostly it's in the Pacific Northwest, but it doesn't mean that's just Pacific Northwest tribes because a lot of indigenous folks have moved for whatever reason to this region so um, i i I try to think of it as like an intertribal relationship because um, it gets a little bit tricky when it comes to uh you know tribes and nations because it's it's not confined to these uh, binaries, right? A lot of um, people are mixed, and a lot of people are different tribes, and a lot of people have moved from other tribes to this region. So um, it's it's all tribes. It's not just Pacific Northwest tribes uh, artists that are included, and it ranges from different art uh, practices. Uh, some people that are um, they are musicians or. Um, You know, digital artists, printmakers, art of uh, all different mediums and architects and just uh, a really great collective of different types of art. And they have, I don't know, I'm sure all the artists feel this way where they feel like a special connection to the curators because the curators are really good at um, finding the right projects for us. So it just, like, we feel, like, super seen because um, they're like, Paige, you're an Afro-Indigenous artist, and we really want us to make these posters for protesters. Uh, There's a strong need. Are you able to do it in this time frame? And we're going to give you this much money. And I'm like, yes. Like, I feel like they read my mind. (laughs) Because... That's exactly what I needed to do. I was I I have been in quarantine this whole time. I really did not go out um except for like the grocery store or the post office. And I was pretty frustrated and uh I had all this like emotion that I didn't really have an outlet to express or really feel like I had an outlet to express because I wasn't protesting in the streets and I'm not a natural protester, like my form of protesting is through art or through learning yeah. um, an indigenous language or just being <laughs> me I guess uh, you know that to me is activism um as well. so when I made these posters, I just felt um this amazing this amazing um reach I mean it the posters went all the way to uh, New York too. And they go beyond me, which is something that I've started to see this year is art going beyond people in my community and like going beyond me. And that's, I think, one of like the greatest things you could hope for as an artist is have it resonate with folks that you don't even know. So it's been the, the Yahow yeah, Art Collective has been a very, um, life changing uh community for me in that way
1: yeah yeah uh, and one of one of the things um i i really appreciate your comment um about you know for you you know the art was to be political i mean people think protesting is one thing and disruption you know as activists know is many different types of things right it could be conceptual could be breaking down old beliefs or you know, art or, or, you know, smashing a window. If people look at different options for disruption, right? Um, um, one of the things, one, one, uh, I mean, one of the things I wanted to ask you is, all right, so Paige, it's great to hear this, the support you have. What about your process as, 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 an, as an artist, right? And identifying as black, white and Salish tribe when you do that or when you did that, what was the response like from, from, from art, you know, from the art world, I'm not talking about you or me, I'm talking about, you know, identity. Uh, What happened in that process? Was it like, where do I fit you? Um, What was that like?
0: Yeah, it's so, oh gosh. Okay. So I just graduated from, the Native Pathways Program, and we talk about these concepts so much about um, about identity and how we do not fit in these Western binaries, right? Um, and I think this is starting to change. I think there's a movement starting to change because a lot of people, um, you know, identify as uh, non-gendered binaries, right? And um, I think race can be the same way too, you know, like how people perceive me will, I, I honestly have a very, like, <laughs> I have a very, like, restricted idea of what people perceive me as, because I know I am fair-skinned, <laughs> but I'm definitely, like, not white passing to me. So um, all all of that plays a factor, but I think as someone who is a descendant of um, indigenous folks, as someone who is a descendant of slaves, and as someone who is a descendant of white settlers, it is my responsibility to um, take that and to process it, right? Um, To understand my privileges and understand like what I can do to pass on for the next generations um you know i think about so my dad is white and my mom is black and native and reclaiming my indigenous and black culture is really important to me and i think by doing that i show others that it's okay to be uh multi um racial so um I don't deny my white side either, but I definitely don't um, believe in uh, the Western colonial settler uh, norms. But (laughs) I try to gracefully question it and uh, try not to attack it in a way that doesn't... um, promote a progressive conversation of because I I think like the um, default mode is white settler uh, perspective you know it's a default mode you see it in uh, history books you see it in movies but and um, just like fiction nonfiction you see that the default mode is to think this way and so with my work I try to um, I try to challenge it in a way that's Um, that breaks these binaries it makes people just kind of think introspectively and I try to be a safe place for respectful questions you know um, I don't really have uh, the patience for people who are on extremes on both sides you know a lot of people are thinking they're having their woke moment by canceling everything and and then there's people who are on the far other side that are just so conservative. And I think that doesn't really leave room for growth on, on either end. And it, it ends up being kind of a, a static um, belief. And I think um, you can't really grow from a, a place, of, place of stillness, right? You have to be moving. You have to be um, open to listening to someone and you don't have to agree with them but i think just being able to listen will keep us moving forward and the work that i do it you know it um i try to have this multi identity multi culture multi racial perspective of seeing black indigenous uh, people doing things that are maybe otherwise not what one would think. Like I did a painting of my nephew who's Mexican, Black, and Puyallup, and uh, it's a painting of his first time fishing on the Puyallup River. And I think people, um, maybe they don't see that, right? Maybe they don't see that in art. They don't see as much color or, um, you know, Black children in natural settings it's all urban settings and we are ur- urban natives urban afro indigenous people but we also connect back to our natural environment to our roots to our ancestral ways of being so you know it we aren't in this like a uh, binary of just like city kids too you know we definitely go back to nature and balance our lives the best way we can in this uh modern world
1: yeah yeah and i I, you know there's a lot of in in your comments that that made me think and I've, i've been thinking for a long time about the the options for the discussion right whether it's the binary of politics democrats republicans i don't fit into either or you know my um racial ethnic background you know the white uh black and, and 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 others you know census um very important identity is very important but uh my personal truth is i don't know how to quite pick all that so you know even our conversation right and uh, around this is like you know is is this conversation more fertile like on my side uh to say you know like um i'm irish irish uh in descending order irish british canadian uh french working class from quebecois native american senegabian african um and do do we get anything better than me saying okay? This is a cis, forty eight year old white guy talking to activist artists. Which you know, it's like how do people you know like what we bring into this conversation? I, as a philosopher, always found a more more fertile ground in talking about wow, this is a boundary here. This is a question of identity here in having the discussion there because we're going to miss each other on the, <laughs> the way it's framed for us. I think that's where the, I mean, for me, that's where the communication sometimes really breaks down. It's like, you're a Democrat, I'm a Republican. Now I know how to behave and you know how to behave right towards each other. And I don't yeah. think it's it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think, I think that there's a, a dan- there's a danger in that. Like, um, and I think we see it with the divide in our nation, right? Um, America is not divided by just like Democrats and Republicans. We're not just divided by white and black. We have Asian Americans. We have Native Americans. We have nations within this nation that people don't really think about or even know how sovereign nations within America work. So, um I think if we first dismantled these binaries, we're able to move forward, and I, honestly, like, I have changed so much throughout my life, and I'm only 33. Yeah, 33. I forget how old I am all the time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, I'll be 34 July 12th, and uh, I, once I learned that I don't have to sit with this idea that I had of myself, uh, that I have of uh, other people or what I'm supposed to be doing, once I learned that I can pretty much do anything and I can grow from an idea, um, I was like set free. And um, my mom's my mom has always taught me, okay, so my parents are pretty funny. Uh, my dad, he thinks he's like this Republican guy, you know, he was like pro Trump. It was a pretty hard time, I would say. And then my mom, she's a little, she's a little bit liberal, but she kind of has a conservative side too. And, um, but my mom was always really good at saying people who do bad things aren't bad people. Right? And that was the hardest thing for me. I'm like, but mm-hmm. they're doing bad things. They make they make me feel bad and they're doing bad things. I think they're a bad yeah. person. And she's like, no, that doesn't make them a bad person. So once I see that, like, you know, for me, I do believe your actions say a lot. But I do, now that I've gotten older, I do understand that we are a product of trauma, success, Um our communities were a product of uh, our ancestors, our family lineage, um, histories before us, you know, and that makes up a lot of who we are. And in the present moment, you know, this this tension that we start to feel with uh, politics and health crisis, and um, you know, a capitalistic society. So we are these products and it manifests itself in different ways and um, it doesn't make us in this binary of good or bad it doesn't uh, like it doesn't help us in any kind of way to be stuck in a um, you know uh, this these these patterns that define us like I think we can break these patterns and make for good change. Um, and I try to think that when I meet someone and I have an impression of them and I don't like it, I'm like, well, you know, there's room for change. There's, there's room for growth. They may, they may change because I have a conversation with them and we may find some common ground. So I try to think that, like, there's room for growth, room for change. And I find um, it to be a difficult exercise sometimes. But I think with like people who I hold close, they hold me uh, accountable to keeping that. Um, My partner, whenever I complain about anything, my partner's like, well, you don't really know if they really mean that. (laughs) And I get mad, but then I'm like, (laughs) that's true because uh, I'm not the best at conversation. I think that's why I do so well with art um, because the way I communicate, is I don't think is uh, as clear for for some folks. And, you know, if we have a different cultural background, words aren't always the best way to get a point across. So I think for me, using my art, I, I definitely feel really good feedback and reception from my art versus things that I say. <laughs> uh, so I feel comfortable in that medium. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah how you present yourself to the world right and then with, the, with art it's always this kind of you know this, this is you but it's an object as well um, we're with speaking with uh, Paige Pettibon and uh, Paige uh, one of the big questions uh, Paige what is art?
0: okay so I've been thinking about this for all week I've gone on a couple walks outside and just thinking about it and to me the human it, the hu- human species us as in, we are animals right and i think what sets us apart yeah. is language from other animals i think language sets us apart and i think art is another form of language maybe it's a language of our spirit Maybe it's the language of our soul. But to me, it is another form of language. Um, It's a way to communicate with others. Uh, And also, I've been listening to the show a lot, and a lot of people have their different ideas of art and what it is not. But I do think that art is, it can be of like the natural world. Uh, I think of songbirds, I think they have their own songs, which is, you know, art art in itself and their homes, their little nests are a little piece of art. They collect things and they curate their little homes, you know, based off of their environment. And I think that's what we do as artists too, right? We create these little pieces of art, which could be like a home of our, uh, environment. Um, and then also uh, another thing is that art to me is art to me is my medicine. It really is. It's helped me uh it's helped me through my life, my experiences and communicating with people. I feel like um if I didn't have art, I I probably would be an outcast. I probably would be um not in a good place. So to me, it is medicine as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and thank you for that. I've I've really connected it it, to it in that way. And I, one of the things when I first, and it's just just me to explore the point just on, 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 language, um, I always attach myself really directly to that when an artist says that, because for me, um, I had reached a point about three years ago and what I was facing, which was which was loss, which was loss, uh, upset, not feeling effective, not feeling at home and in a lot of environments that I was in. I started painting. And so I needed a new language. I didn't know it at the time, but I needed something to yell and scream almost. Well, a bunch with with painting. And that's what it was for me so i needed i needed to say something and i needed to yell it out at that time and that started that was the spark for me becoming an artist and it was only about three years ago and um it was profound so whenever you hear somebody say language for me it was a loud screaming at that time but i didn't whatever whatever words and us talking right now that was a bit, that wasn't working for me <laughs> so i really connected that can. piece of, of 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 the language I hear you so um one of the uh, one of the general questions about I think it's maybe identity and where you come from is a, a question that who or what made you who you are
0: okay <laughs> so it's it's really <laughs> strange i <laughs> I you know i would say like my parents and my ancestors made me who i am today um the people i'm around my community and but the, but the funny thing is is you know um i feel like your sisters or siblings your sisters and brothers or your cousins are kind of like your parallel lives you know like they're they're a lot like you, and they're set in a different, um, maybe a different generation or time or something. But but they're like a, an extension of you in a way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have two younger sisters. My older sister uh, actually passed away, but um, I think about our upbringing, and I think about how I feel like, we were probably raised the same, but we all we all ended up in different paths. And so I I always that's why this is a hard question for me because I feel like I'm a result of my environment and also like um you know that nurture versus nature, right? Like what's inherent. But I'm like, but then how come uh, my like the what I do and the way I process things and my outlook is different than my sister's, you know? So so that really stumps me. It's like yeah. um, the math equation on that doesn't quite add up. So there's another factor that has to be involved in it, right? That I, I don't know what it is. There's like yeah, an X factor. Enough... <laughs>
1: yeah, it's like one of those things in math where you create a new symbol to even out the equation, but you know it's kind of... <laughs> It's not proper. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know what um, the, sti-
0: the uh, statistics would be of what I would have ended up like any other way, but I am what I am.
1: I like the idea of like um, the tra- different trajectories and echoes of like siblings and relatives from the same source. You know that 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 go out. Um, all right, Paige. Uh, the an- another big one. Um, and I know this is the question you really liked is why is there something rather than nothing?
0: I got a couple things for you can. Okay. So <laughs> I, you know how you come up with the most profound things right before you sleep? Uh, at least I do. That's what keeps me up is like thinking of these big life questions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was thinking, um, before I, I went to bed, I, I was like meditating on this question. And I thought, the, one of the the most harmful things you could do to a person is to put them in solitary confinement. To take all things away, right? And put nothing in place of yeah, that. Yeah. That's like one of the worst things you could do. And so I was thinking, wow. we our, our nature is too have something um and then i i brought the question up to my partner and he's like well we didn't choose something something we were born into something like something happened to us <laughs> and i was like oh that's a good that's a good yeah. perspective too it's like uh we're just passing on the legacy of something
1: yeah i uh I, I i i i really appreciate the 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 answers to this and um the, yeah there's something there's something profound in there about the solitary right and um uh the person and to themselves like trying to connect to the community um yeah oh i'd love that answer um uh page um as I mentioned at the outset, um i I encountered your work on on Instagram, and I know um some of your pieces, um, which I actually put up on my Facebook. <laughs> and you know, um the awesome. the great um a lot of just just yeah, just beautiful, just beautiful um, profound images uh, really enjoy your art. Well, I do, but I want you to give folks the the roadmap to finding your art, um what's out there, and maybe, as it might be appropriate with things coming up, I don't know the state up in you know up in Washington or events that are going on there. But just what you'd like people to know about where to find uh, your art.
0: Thank you, Ken. Ken. So um, I only have two Instagram accounts. My uh, art page is page underscore petabon. And then my jewelry is at plane two c plane underscore two underscore c s e a like it's from like plains region to the sea. Um, that's what my name is after. And then uh, my website is pagepedabon dot um, Also, I have some upcoming events with um, this smithsonian they are doing a digital um a digital exhibition um that should be coming out this year i'm not sure exactly when um and then uh if anyone comes to the seattle area they can go visit the stonington gallery i have two paintings in there right now and i'll have another one up in there in June. I have a art project that I am working on that will be in Portland. I'm not exactly sure the location, but there will be a indoor mural on a wall that I'll be working on for this new sustainable building project that they're working on. Uh, I also have... Um, a mural at North Seattle College that will be in the works that will be finished at the end of um, June, I believe, too. For their um, their one of their art collect uh, art el- electives is to um, to painting a mural with an artist's design, and they picked my design, which was really cool. And so I'm going to give a talk up there with them, and they'll have uh, they'll they'll paint the mural. It's really cool. And then, um, let's see, I have a little odds and end jobs around Tacoma to, uh, you know, I, I think of myself as like a community artist. So there's these, um, Yeah. I don't know if you know this, Ken, but uh, I am a Lushootseh learner. Lushootseh is the indigenous language of the Puyallup people, of the, and the Puyallup people are um, the indigenous people of the land that I live on and uh so there'll be the shoot seed yard signs that people will have throughout the city of Tacoma and Puyallup there are these recycling bins that I worked with um the city of Tacoma to work on so that um they're changing the way we recycle and they wanted these beautiful like bin these bins to have beautiful art on them so people will uh be more likely to go with this change of how to recycle <laughs> Their cardboard metal and glass so uh, yeah you know it's just like little stuff here and there and uh, but the the Smithsonian was probably one of the coolest uh, opportunities I've had so far uh, you know something that's available uh, nationwide so that was really cool but yeah I'll keep up the good work so I- people will be able to find me. <laughs>
1: A lot of lot of options. I um I saw the the picture of the recycling bin and <laughs> Paige, you pulled it off. I mean, nobody thinks about recycling bins, <laughs> but the thing was gorgeous. <laughs> so, uh, Amen. You did it. You pulled it off. Um, you, you, yeah. So, um, but uh, <laughs> one of the things I wanted to say is um uh the you know the podcast is international, but we do have a a great deal of listeners uh in the pacific northwest and while i do you know cover a lot um you know as far as the local scene i definitely you know there's a feel here that you can get out of the show from washington state and in oregon um and uh, i appreciate you mentioned some of those local pieces because there's a lot of listeners who actually may, may have the opportunity to check out uh those public uh installations uh, in you know, Seattle and, and you had mentioned over one in Portland. So we'll keep a, be keeping our eyes uh, open uh, for those. but uh, Paige, Pettibon, uh, Paige, I just want to thank you so much. I, I, uh, a great conversation with you and I re- I really wanted to learn about all the things that I asked. I wanted to learn, I'm seeing your art and seeing you know where you're coming from and, and, and working in a collective and then thinking about the minds, of, of, of the youth and what they are presented. Um, I just want to commend you on your work and, and thank you for your time stopping on.
0: Thank you, Ken. And I commend you for your work too. I've learned a lot about um, artists from all over and thinking about these uh, big questions that stretch my mind, you know, I think it's always good to go beyond yourself and think beyond what you know. So I appreciate you.
1: absolutely thank you thank you for your kind words and uh uh Paige, have a great day
0: <laughs> you too ken this is something rather than nothing